This is Off Topic. Today we're talking about Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, the fifth installment in the Jurassic franchise. Despite scathing reviews, Fallen Kingdom has made, at the time of this recording, over $1 billion in the worldwide box office. Ben and I are going to post some ideas as to why. We'll also propose some lame new titles for the next film, because we all know there's going to be a next one. And ask the question of what makes a good, bad movie? Also, for those who haven't seen the movie, we are going to talk about how to quote-unquote fix the ending. So, spoilers. What a movie. Yeah. What a, what a wonderful, wonderful movie. <laughs> ben, what did you think of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom? I don't know. You're torn? I'm, yes, I'm really torn. I think like, okay, so I'll kind of explain. If you have listened to this podcast, or if you, if you know me, you know that I'm very bitter or have a... What? Was always very bitter towards Jurassic World. Okay. But to prepare to see this movie and review it, I rewatched it for the first time since I saw it for the first time. And I didn't hate it as much as I thought. I think my bitterness mostly came from people who say that Jurassic they prefer Jurassic World over Jurassic Park, which is obviously they're in two completely different categories. Um, but when rewatching it, I did find myself enjoying it for what it was you can enjoy it on a surface level yes yeah yeah and i still maintain that it could have been a much much better movie if it just filled if, in some if of it was, holes if it was it, if I it mean, set if it sat in development hell for another five years maybe. yeah yeah exactly so i was pretty open-minded going into this with that in <laughs> mind what did you think of this one um I can see that in some ways there are improvements and in some ways there are nothing has improved. I think the, <laughs> the filmmaking, um, one of the things I really wished about Jurassic World, or the first, the first Jurassic one, World, yeah. was that um, it would be more Spielbergian. Um, and this looks Spielberg. This does. It does. The look, the, the, the cinematography, it's the most Spielbergian looking Jurassic Park sequel. Including the Lost World, like, which was which, directed by Spielberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I don't know. I, I think part of that was like he was—he just maybe he was burnt out after Schindler's List. Yeah, well, that had a lot of rewrites and redevelopments. You, the, the pro, just to go off topic here with uh, with Jeff Goldblum in that movie, the way they were writing, the way they wrote that movie, apparently, like the book, The yeah. Lost World, it was it, it was in conjunction with production of the film and so it had a lot to do with whoever was available to come right. back for the next film and Jeff Goldblum signed on I guess and so they um, in the in the book in, in Jurassic Park he dies yeah but they just bring him back to life for the lost world um, so I think just by then it's like you know, Spielberg was just burnt out and, right and if you want to blame the, the different look in that movie he has an entirely different cinematographer, Janusz Kaminski. And by that point, Spielberg's just, like... He's he's already heading towards Saving Private Ryan. Like, right. he, he doesn't... Yeah. He's done with Jurassic Park. You know what was interesting is that in, when Jurassic Park 
came out. That was the same year that, that Schindler's List came out. Right. Then a few years later, Jurassic Park: The Lost World uh, comes out right next to Amistad, which mm-hmm. is like Schindler's List for black people. <laughs> so, and yeah, I guess that's where you can sh- see the shift in Spielberg from like from, yeah from kind of Raiders, Jaws, you know, action spectacle to more weighty uh, yeah yeah because he's then yeah. and he's even been really candid and talked about how he was while he was on set shooting schindler's list he would get on the phone with um guys back on the other side of the country and just talk about how to make dinosaurs look cool and he just feels like he became such a hack <laughs> um i think you need that though yeah if you're, if you're doing schindler's list you need some, well like that it was that and he also like apparently watched a lot of seinfeld while he was mm. doing that yeah mm. and then seinfeld made a joke in, in the uh-huh. show where jerry and his girlfriend go to go to see schindler's list and they just start necking and newman is right. there and he rats it out on his uh but, Jerry's parents. But imagine coming off of this amazing career high where you create this... Schindler's List? Schindler's List, which is just this incredible film. Mm. So imagine you make that, and it's like the most valuable thing you've ever made in your career, and then next thing you know, studio executives are pressuring you to make a sequel to Jurassic Park. Well, yeah, because it was, at yeah. the time, the highest-grossing movie. Yeah. yeah. And um, what's interesting is... I was reading an article or an interview with Spielberg recently. I can't remember where it was, but he was talking about E.T. And he was like, he had agreed to do a sequel to E.T. And he started looking for Mm -hmm. a good story. He couldn't find one. So he's like, I honestly can't find a good story here or one that works. So uh, let's just not bother. But for whatever reason, he didn't do that with Jurassic Park. I guess Mm. E.T. is more of a personal project to him than Jurassic Park was. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd say that's when we, like, yeah. really perfected his, like, you know, we keep saying Spielbergian. Yeah. But that's, like, you, you wanted a textbook example. Like, it's E.T. E. Mm-hmm. and uh, Jurassic Park. Those are the two most Spielbergian, like, in, in a positive yeah. sense. Like, I, I'd say movies like, like Hook or The Terminal, they're when we kind of dripped into what some... <laughs> Uh, it's called Spielberg. <laughs> it's a bit, the, you know, the schmaltz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's none of that in this movie. No, <laughs> No schmaltz in this movie. I mean, you, you know, there's little, like, pepperings of, there of, of schmaltz, but it's all, like, really tacked on. Like, you know when they find, when they get to the to the mm-hmm. park, everything's abandoned. They're like, the T-Rex going to show up? The T-Rex going to show up? And then the Brachiosaurus walks walks on by, and then it, they just look at it. It's just like, wow, dinosaurs! And then we're gonna go, and then they just leave. Yes, so many, even more. You thought that you saw all the references to Jurassic Park in the first Jurassic World. Oh, there's more. Well, it's not. You know what? These aren't even references anymore. Right. They're like, they're they're like supposed to be emotional beats. Mm-hmm. And you know what I find so interesting? All the positive. Uh, uplifting emotional beats about dinosaurs have to do with herbivores. All of the horrible, horrific moments have to do with carnivores, with the exception of Blue. Right. The exception of Blue. And that's where, like, we're going to, I, I want to get into to this and how, like, you can quote-unquote fix this movie because, okay, here's my point on this. This movie isn't okay. finished. Yes, this movie I would agree. This movie doesn't feel finished, especially in the third act. 
And that's the act where I found the filmmaking, like the way they set up the shots, like the cinematography, all of that was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. But the story just wasn't at all. <laughs> and you need both for it to work. I am such a visuals person. I, I, mm -hmm. I, there's, there's movies that people say like, oh, this movie was, was amazing, it was groundbreaking. I'm just like, you know, they could have just uh, fixed the pacing or they could have, you know, mm -hmm. shot it just a little, little more uh, artistically. It's just like, why are people just like uh, taking scraps? But, mm -hmm. And, but this is one where it's, it's like, yes, I'm getting all the things that I mm -hmm. want from a movie, yeah. except the scripts. And that's yeah. the most important thing. <laughs> Talking about Jurassic World, like the first one, that one doesn't look nearly as, as Spielbergian as this one, but it has a much more Spielbergian script. Yes. Um, one moment I really like in that one is uh, the, the scene where we're introduced to Owen, Chris Pratt's yeah. character, Chris, yeah. Chris Pratt man. Um, and uh, the the intern, the new the new guy, nearly gets killed. And, yeah. and Chris Pratt has to sweep in and save him, and um, and then has to get out of the cage himself. Mm -hmm. And then he has that line. He has that line to the guy. He says, he "says you ever wondered why there was a spot open?" <laughs> I feel like they're trying to give a lot of Ian Malcolm lines to Chris Pratt. They're trying to give all the coolness to Chris yeah, Pratt. Yeah, like I guess those aren't really Ian Malcolm lines. They're just the cool, snarky. Well, you need a cool, snarky character mm -hmm. to, uh, to yeah. carry us through this story of monsters. Like, I'd say, on honestly, if, if it wasn't for Chris Pratt in this movie, mm -hmm. this movie would not be making the money it is. No. There, there, it, you need that, that mm -hmm. charming uh, presence in the film. Yeah, and that's another thing that my opinion has changed since first seeing Jurassic World. Is I used to be very pretentiously anti-Chris Pratt, mm -hmm. because... I was in an acting suit and I was like, oh, Chris Pratt, he's just like a showy movie star. He's not an actor. Mm. But I don't know. He's a cool guy. And he's, he's good at being an action hero. Yeah. And I mean, he, he takes stuff like this, which, you know, if you put, yeah. like, I'm, I'm, th I'm thinking of something like, um, you haven't seen Jaws 2, have no. you? No. Um, the biggest problem in that movie is that there are no likable characters. Right. I want like it's you know it's 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 not the these three um, three guys out at sea. It's it's a bunch of teenagers mm -hmm. just just screwing around. And I'm like, can can we just kill all of these mm -hmm. people? <laughs> um, so I I wasn't at that level with this with this movie. I wasn't like wishing Chris Pratt would die, but I also wasn't really rooting for him as a as a character because. I don't really know what he wants. Right. Like, he wants to save Blue, but then he also doesn't want the dinosaurs to live. Um, so that's where that's where the movie kind of tears me because yeah, it, it looks it looks great. It 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 looks cool. Yeah. It's all the surface elements. It's all the wallpaper, but everything underneath is very hollow. And I think there's a few ways you can change it to make right. it more meaningful. Yeah, there's the metaphor of polishing poop. You can polish yeah. poop all you want. You can make it look nice. You can make it smell nice. It's still poop. So, the ending. Yes. With the button. Right. So, set up for context. Uh, Indoraptor has, has been maimed in the most convenient way possible. And then all the dinosaurs are locked in this yeah. big facility, all these little cages. Uh, they've opened up all the doors 
to let out the dinosaurs. Um, the problem is there is a deadly toxin that's about to kill them. And if we don't press the big red button yeah. that opens the door, they will all die. And the question becomes, should the dinosaurs live or should we let them die? Which is the question that Ian Malcolm answers at the beginning of the film. We shouldn't. We should just let them die. And I completely agree. Exactly. Yeah. It is the rational thing to do. And the movie, uh, what happens in the movie is uh, Bryce Dallas Howard is about to press the button, but then Owen says, don't do it. It's not, it's not the right way. Not, not the way. I shouldn't do this. Um, and so she backs off. Then the little girl, the girl who uh, is revealed to have been a clone. Yeah, a, they a never really clone. explained that. They it, just kind it, of threw that at us. They threw that out in the in the most clunky exposition possible. Yeah. Um, and she presses the button, and her reasoning is, uh, they're alive, like me. So, yeah, it's dumb. It's, it it's, is, it's, yeah. It's, it's so dumb. I But the movie... Um, I can see what they're trying to do here. I can see what it what the, because in the original Jurassic Park, it was it was a conflict between the past and the future. Yeah. Should we bring the past into the future? Um, and so this girl, this genetically <coughs> created girl that mm -hmm. has been locked up in this mansion rather than uh, sold to science. I mean, he can sell all these dinosaurs to science. Why wouldn't he sell? Oh, oh my goodness. Anyway, I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to say, like, the future is inevitable. It's going yeah. to happen. Um, but having the girl do it means all of the destruction and death that the dinosaurs mm. cause is now on her hands. Yeah, that's it's, true. It's her, it is her doing. Yeah. Do we, do, do we really want that? Yeah, <laughs> I agree. One thing this movie did well, though, is that midway through the third act, I'm like, okay, I'm getting ready for this to be over. Let's let's wrap <laughs> up this climax here, because we all know that Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard and the girl are not gonna die, and pretty much everyone else is. Um, so let's just let's just get there. Good guys win, bad guys. Yes. Yeah. So, so they do get there, and yet because of what happened even though I was ready for it to be over it did successfully leave me wanting more hmm. seeing like that shot where they're surfing and that which I wish wasn't in the trailer but I mean it's such a cool shot how it can it not be in the trailer the whole movie is spoiled in the trailer it is yeah that was that was I was like oh hey there's a shot from the trailer every five minutes and and it spoils every every dramatic and uh yeah. thrilling scene yeah like that whole bedroom scene is spelled out entirely in the trailer it's, yeah it just bugs me so much. Yeah, I'm I'm on the verge of not watching trailers beyond a first teaser. That's that's what I'm 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 saying in just straight up cold turkey. I'm not doing any trailers. Yeah. Okay. I mentioned uh, that I wanted and have a way to fix this. Yes. Fix this. This comes from a variety of sources. There's a wonderful um, uh, video essay about about Jurassic World, um, Nando movies. I think it is. And so his his idea was yeah. to, to fix this ending. Instead of the girl pressing the button, get Blue to do it. Ooh. Get Blue to press the button. Yeah. Because then, then we have this emotional connection. Mm. 
the thing that this movie lacks and what it what it's trying to cram in with our lead characters is this emotional connection to dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, the problem is, is that that emotional connection is linked exclusively to herbivores, and the, the the horror element is linked exclusively to carnivores. Just breed herbivores. Why are we breeding all these yeah. carnivores? Like they, I mean, it, they they'll just still do damage. Like how much did that um, that first time? There's a freaking dinosaur auction in this movie. Yeah. Actually, that was something I liked. It's just so bizarre, but. That the first one they had was like a herbivore, and it and it sold for like a good like ten million dollars. Yeah. So that. Anyway, um, there's there's way dumber stuff than that in this movie. I think that um, well, we're talking about Blue though. Yeah. I think Blue is a really effective character. Yeah, and she wasn't used enough. She wasn't. Yeah. And and my and going further on my point here is that the is that Blue needed to be more of an emotional core to the story. Yes. Like, she's used in the beginning, in the middle, and the very end, but there's a there's big chunks yeah. in throughout the story where it's just there's not enough Blue, and I think if you really push that that relationship between her and uh, and Chris Prattman, then you, uh, then you start to fall more into what the, the theme of the film is, is mm-hmm. are these dinosaurs worth keeping alive? It's very much... It's very much in the same vein of uh, the Planet of the Apes movies, but very much like that, like yeah. Blue becoming kind of this the leader of this yeah. new like world of dinosaurs, mm-hmm. and she can form an emotional bond with her kind, and that prompts her to to press the button. And after exploring that conflicted relationship with Chris Pratt, that that scene at the end where she decides to go on her on her own. Yeah. It asks so many more questions. Like, will we ever come to terms with dinosaurs? <sighs> yeah. Jeff Goldblum was right the whole time. He was. Jeff Goldblum's always right. Listen to Jeff Goldblum. That's that's the message of this movie. Listen to <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Goldblum told you so. Yeah. If Jeff Goldblum has something to say, listen. <laughs> He's going to be at Fan Expo. Um, Is he? In September. Like, yeah. where? In Toronto. Oh, cool. Yeah. Every Jurassic... Jurassic movie. Oh, what's going to be next? Now that we've like, there's going to be one more Jurassic World, and then they're going to have to come up with a new Jurassic Planet. <laughs> well, that's I guess that is Jurassic World. Like Jurassic World, the first the first one was was the park. Yeah, it's like renaming the park. The whole thing with that movie was trying to escape yeah. all the controversy of the of the original Jurassic Park. Yeah, which the best way to do that would be not to make a park at all. Yeah. Um, now this is Jurassic World, like a world. Yes. Dinosaurs are released. Out. So the what they should have done is uh, the last one should have been Jurassic City, and then <laughs> Jurassic World, <laughs> and then Jurassic like, Planet. It sounds like that video game uh, Dino City, <laughs> where it's a bunch of dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> Jurassic. City. In it, yeah. <laughs> What's that one with uh, with Goldberg, Theodore, Theodore Rex, <laughs> where the, where where it's she and a, a dinosaur solve mis- solve crimes? <laughs> what about um, Jurassic Jurassic Land? <laughs> See, all these just seem like lame alternative titles to what would eventually become Jurassic World. I'm just trying to picture how this business how this business meeting is going. Like, <laughs> all right, let's just. Uh, Type in park into the thesaurus here, mm. and let's see what uh, what we come up with. Uh, Jurassic Estate. 
Jurassic mixing Garden. up a, 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 it would be a crossbreed of uh, Jurassic Park and Downton Abbey. How about this one? Jurassic Place. Very, uh, very specific. Jurassic Gardens. Jurassic Gardens, like, uh, <laughs> like kind of like Storbuck Gardens. Yeah. You just went one around with like bird seeds, feeding like the Gamimuses. Gal- Jurassic Lawn. <laughs> See, all these just sound hilariously lame. But they're gonna... You find these in like a Mad Magazine, yeah. like the Mad Magazine. Like, what are we gonna do for Jurassic World? We run out of ideas. Yeah. Jurassic Estate. This is probably the conversation they had for the last ten years before Jurassic World yeah. went out of development hell. Oh. Yeah, this whole movie exists to make the next movie. Like it's stupid yeah. and inconsequential because all it's meant to do is set up yeah. is set up the next one where, you, like, you can just see Colin Trevorrow, Derek Connolly. They just want to get the yeah. dinosaurs off the. Island. Oh yeah, yeah. And if they keep making it more and more sci-fi, eventually we're gonna end up with like Jurassic Galaxy. <laughs> Jurassic Gardens of the Galaxy. <laughs> Crossover into the MCU. There's like Chris Pratt has to like play both characters. <laughs> it's like, whoa, you look like me. It's like split screen or like. That feels like it. That feels like it should be in there. It should be. No, the one moment I thought was really effective in the in the film. Yeah. It, and it wasn't just the visuals. It was it was an actual like emotional beat. Yeah was seeing that Brachiosaurus out on the docks as the volcano. Oh, yes, yes. Just the one dinosaur that's left. Yes. And and that's that's kind of the turning point for the tone of the film, was that's when we, we went from yeah. uh, a standard sequel to bizarre mm-hmm. horror uh, dinosaurs in a mansion film. So here's something this movie did that when they say, when he says, hey, if you press that button, there's no going back. There's no more Jurassic Park movies set on the island. Mm. All the, unless they take the dinosaurs now and put them back on the island, which I guess isn't the most inconceivable thing that they would do. It's, uh, it's, Cause it's I less feel, conceivable than, um, yeah. than putting the dinosaurs in, in, a, in a mansion in California. Yeah. I feel like... Well, I feel like... And I know there's an after credit scene that we didn't see that sort of hints Wait, at... Wait, is there? There is. I've seen at, this movie twice, <laughs> and I... That hints at what's happening next, but we know it involves dinosaurs in... How did you know this? Mm-hmm. I, I read about it. Oh, <laughs> frick. Like, yeah, we should note that this is the second time I've seen this movie. <laughs> Not because I enjoyed it, but because I wanted to... Right. I, I, I wanted... Most of, our, most of our podcasts, I'm just, like, stammering for words, and, and this one I actually feel like I'm, I know something about this movie. <laughs> but... Oh, does that mean I have to see all our, all these movies twice now? Jesus. Uh, okay, what were you saying? Um, so we know that from the ending that Jurassic World 3 or Jurassic Planet is going to involve... It's just going to be called... You know what they're going to do? Because they, they, they called this Fallen Kingdom, which sounds a lot like Lost World. Right. So they're just going to call the next one Jurassic World 3. Right, True. Jurassic World 3, um, or the third one, um, is going to be involving dinosaurs and humans in the same world. So I feel like it's going to be, the theme of that is going to be like... It's going to be the Flintstones. Well, it's going to be about 
like political crap. No, not like it's gonna be political. It's gonna be about how like there's dinosaurs literally eating us, and there's Washington is mm. just sitting around a table arguing over. Oh, do, do we don't have a right to kill them? Oh, mm. we need to take them back to the island. No, we should just kill them. This, <laughs> it's gonna be like you're super angry at the mm. politicians who are talking about what to do instead of doing anything, mm. and they're all not letting anyone do anything. Mm. Meanwhile, people are being eaten alive, and Chris Pratt's looking cool. Here's another idea. Okay, um, we have the political nonsense. Yeah. Uh, discussions in Congress about the ethics of, di- of dinosaurs in the real world. Then up to the podium comes Philosoraptor. <laughs> yeah. My point of view is that the, the, the dinosaurs are civilized enough to, to mingle with the, with the common ape-like folk. It'd be like uh, Gremlins, the new batch. <laughs> 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 Where the one gremlin drinks uh, like is uh, super intelligence yeah. serum and then has a has a, a British accent and is just philosophizing about but what it means to be a gremlin. Uh, that's what this you know we just need these drastic world movies to just not take themselves so freaking seriously because yeah. no one is coming to these movies um, expecting Jurassic Park. No, I think the the one. Uh, Upside to the crappy sequels is that they um, they give us realistic expectations. Yeah, like this isn't this isn't Star Wars. We're not we're not no. forsaking a, a, a great trilogy. These are just crappy sequels um, that exist because yeah. Jurassic Park made a lot of money. And so when Jurassic World came out, I, I think most of people's like either enjoyment or indifference to it yeah. was because they didn't have that high expectation. And yeah, I didn't have high expectation with this one, and I enjoyed it just fine. It's really, really dumb. It's even dumber than the than the first one, mm. but it's it's kind of a spectacular dumb. Yeah, um, yeah, it, and it is. Um, one of the bones I really had to pick with it. I was like, why bones? are you doing this? <laughs> bones. Uh, yes, because he does have a cameo in that. You know what? Um, uh, I know Toby Jones was in this movie as. Uh, rich billionaire asshole man um but something about his teeth and his face it looked like he it, it looked like he had absorbed hugo weaving into his body from from captain america first avenger yeah. and they just became one in the same like the... yeah okay so benjamin lockwood is he even like he is kind of like the new john hammond oh you mean james cromwell's character yes james yeah. cromwell yes he's like the old man who's the old idealistic man yes. with the cane and he's hired um, they even give him the same cane right yeah. and so he's hired this charismatic young guy to uh played by Ralph Spall right with his wonderful American accent yes yep. um so he's hired that guy who's like likable and charming and you meet him at first and you're like oh hey he's a, a villain nice guy they're gonna make him he's into, the villain yeah he's either gonna be a bad guy or he's gonna die he's not gonna die because he's not in immediate danger right now so he's a villain you know what you know it's the easiest way to tell someone is a villain when they walk down the stairs and there's like shadows they yeah. come walking from up the stairs in their first scene they're the villain yeah 
it's about as obvious of a villain yeah. as as the villain in Incredibles two. Something I've learned: if there's if your first impression of a character is, oh wow, they're so nice, they're gonna corrupt that character, or that character's gonna die. Just to go off topic here, did you know that the villain in Incredibles two, her name is Evelyn <laughs> Dever. Her name is literally a pun for evil endeavor. <laughs> yes, I did know that. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so, anyway, Benjamin Lockwood hires... Uh, Lockwood! <laughs> hires... When Molly and I saw that, it was... It, that, that was the joke she made. It was just like... The, the, every time they said Lockwood, it was just like, What are you doing, please, Lockwood? So, hires Eli Mills... Hmm. to uh, handle his estate. And then Eli Mills, of course, is this evil person who plans this whole scheme to... Sell dinosaurs. To sell dinosaurs, which doesn't even make a little bit of sense. Um, it makes sense in a very basic, like, right. like dumb movie sort of yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, it's, the same, it's the same idea from the first. <laughs> We're just giving it to a different character. Yeah. Like, that was... Um, uh, what's, his, what's his name... That was the villain in the last one. Um, oh, that was... okay. Vincent D'Onofrio. Yes, Vincent even, an even worse villain. I will mm. say that this had a better villain than the first Jurassic World, which is not saying much at all. Um, he, was, he, was, he was a serviceable villain, though. For the kind of movie this is, yeah. sure, I guess. Yeah. But um, anyway, what I was going to talk about is... Um, so... Mills, um, while he's doing his monologuing villainous, he does all this exposition about how Benjamin Lockwood had been working alongside Hammond this whole time. They never fully explain it, and it came out of nowhere. I don't think there's any references to a guy named Benjamin Lockwood in any of the other movies, is there? Well, no, this, this yeah. was just thrown in there. And it's like, okay, where... Are we just supposed to... Okay, this guy's and, been there the whole time. And also, not to mention his plan, uh, yeah. Benjamin Lockwood's plan, was uh, to build an island to, to uh, uh, a sanctuary for the dinosaurs. And in, 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 in the very same scene, he mentions, uh-huh. uh, he mentions Hammond's uh, his, his words, which are taken right out of the Lost World, is that these creatures do not need our protection. They need our absence. But it, what you're doing is yeah. protecting the dinosaurs. You're, it's entirely hypocritical. Yeah. And, um, and it's, it's just like, yeah. where this movie loses me is that everybody just makes entirely like hypocritical, right. stupid decisions. And so I lose all empathy. And so where has this guy been for the past, what is it, 25 years now? 30? I, I can accept that he was just thrown in there. As a, yeah. But it, it's just that his motivations and his... Um, uh, yeah, his, his, what, what he wants to do is in, entirely hypocritical, and it makes no sense. Yeah, um, yeah. Can we talk about the Indoraptor? Yes, let's. Because now every Jurassic movie has to make a dinosaur. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know. Like this, it honestly feels like a downgrade. I thought there was gonna. It does. Yeah, and like it's smaller. It's it's smaller and it's supposed to be smarter, but but it just like rams into everything. Yeah. It like a wild animal, but then out of nowhere it starts doing that. Like it, it starts it turns into Nos- Nosferatu, and just right. quietly opens the door and like mm-hmm. sneaks into the girls' room, which is a cool scene. Yeah. It's just inconsistent with with how the with how yeah. it with how that was acting before, like a crazy wild animal. Right. What they I, I'm, I guess what they're trying to do with it 
was make an animal that could could kind of be like a like a serial killer, um, right? Like kind of like a like a Jason or a Freddy Krueger. The problem is, it's just too stupid. Well, it's made out of the Indominus Rex and something else, right? And a raptor. And a raptor. Yes. So I thought there was going to be like because in Jurassic World, there's the moment where. Um, it has a connection with Blue, the mm. Dominus Rex, because it's part raptor, therefore it is related to Blue. Mm. There wasn't one of those. And they mentioned it, too. Like, yeah. it needs a mother. Yeah. The Indominus Rex needs a mother, and that's Blue. But there was... There, none of that happened in yeah. this one, either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that being said, every Jurassic movie has... Except maybe not Jurassic Park 3, has a child... Or children. No, there is a child. There, there is, is a child okay. in Jurassic. That's what they're trying. That's what the parents. Right. It's been a William while. Oh, right, H. Right, Macy. Yeah. They're, they're they're going to back to the island to get their. Right. Their, yes. Their yes. Son. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So every Jurassic Park movie yes. has, a, has a child. Um, yeah. This has the the best use of it since Jurassic Park. Are you? Oh my God. Are you serious? Yeah, I would say so. Uh. Wait. No, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they're just all crappy. They're, yeah. they're just all terrible, especially this that This was girl the first time that I actually cared about the child's character, though, since Jurassic Park. Remember that amazing scene in in The Lost World where she, where <laughs> yeah. where Go, Jeff Goldblum's daughter uses her acrobatics yeah. to trick the to trick the Velociraptor? Hey, you! <laughs> what a scene that was! <laughs> and oh. she, and it, I love how it's, like, very clear, although you can make the same criticism for uh, Jurassic Park, it's very clear that, like, the stunt double is a full-grown adult. <laughs> but you, that same, that also is said for the shot when uh, they're climbing down the, uh, in Jurassic yeah. Park, when they're climbing down the one thing after the T-Rex pushes their car aside, and, like, and they're climbing down, and then he's like, Flex, Flex, you're choking me, and then there's the cut from behind. It's like, oh, look, a full-grown adult. Yeah, and... yeah. It, it, which is I think fun. they, I think they like CG'd or masked yeah. her face over top of the act. Of, of well, I think it's just a stunt. shot from the back. Shot. From, well, oh, uh, but in, in yeah, in in like a profile shot, like they could, yeah. like when you're seeing her hanging from that, I, I bet they they still do the same. Well, when it's the, when they're the hanging, it's just a tight yeah. close up. They're probably not actually that high off the ground. That could be up. That could be up. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I can agree with you in like a in, in a in a very hesitant. Right, like yeah, but it's it's the less of it's the less of many evils. Right. I mean, this was like the first time since Jurassic Park. Like, oh, I actually care about this character. Mm. I thought she was shoehorned in this movie, yeah. and and just distract, just horribly distracting. That's yeah. I can agree that she was like distracting. Like they had Blue was the emotional drive for Chris Pratt. Oh, and the, how did she become so immediately attached? Or how did Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt immediately become so attached to her? Like, because <laughs> she's, she's a just, kid. Because she's also, a kid. Right, yeah. But also, like, so they're just walking away with this kid now? Yep. Like, that's not legal. They just basically kidnapped the kid. <laughs> yeah, that's not legal. Well, that was one of the lowest points of the film for me, is when they just meet her, and then it's just like, oh, she's, she's uh, Lockwood's granddaughter. Okay. I guess we're all a team now. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I mean, I yeah. get that they're saving her from this terrible human being, 
That's regular. But and from still... a freaking dinosaur. And from dinosaur a freaking dinosaur killing. too. But I mean, he was like, "I'm her guardian now." It's like, no, that's not how it works. Because you work for her grandfather, and her grandfather's dead. You're her guardian. And then that gives him an excuse to go into expository dialogue about how yeah. she's a clone. Um, okay, I guess he's a clone. She's a clone, so he was involved in creating her. He's she's basically his property. Right. I okay. Guess. I guess. I guess. There's a lot of there's a lot of moments in this movie where you where you just go, ah, I guess. Like yeah. I guess it makes sense in the movie's logic, but you're you're never pulled in yeah. and convinced yourself. You're just, you're just like, well, I guess this is just what the movie is doing. Yeah. It's just it, how it is very much a chuck your brain out the door and shove popcorn down your throat. <laughs> And take it in. Yep. And it, you know what? It's, it's probably already made a billion dollars. Yeah. Yep. And I can't say that I've ever made a billion dollars. That's true. You, you so. need to make more dumb action movies. I will say this, though. It, like it, I think the reason people like gave this movie a chance... Um, because I, everyone's sick and tired of the Transformers movies. That's why the last one bombed. Yeah. We've finally grown up and realized... We need some something better. Jurassic Park, I think the reason people keep coming back to these movies, at least the last two anyway, is that of the of the dumb, fun, uh, blockbuster, popcorn movies, it, it's the least offensive. Yeah. It's it's no Transformers. It's no there's there's nothing like horribly racist or sexist or misogynist or. Well, maybe, maybe a bit. <laughs> Not getting into that, Joss Whedon. Um, but people know the first one. They like dinosaurs. On a very basic level, you can enjoy this movie. Yes. Just, yeah, leave your brain at the door. Uh, before we go into our topic, I want to read some comments yes. from... Molly, who I saw the movie with on Friday. So here is her list of uh, comments on the film. I asked her if she could maybe write us uh, questions, maybe a talk, maybe a back and forth. Um, the first question was, why? <laughs> why? Um, so that kind of goes out the window there. I yes. Guess. Um, <laughs> it's a good question, though. I mm. I, I see what. The subtext is, <laughs> but we just spent thirty minutes talking about that subtext. So that's true. That's true. I mean, we don't know the answer. That's kind of what we've been trying to figure out: is why. Mm. Money. Yes, money. There you go. There that's you. the root of everything here. Yeah. Um, here, and that's he, even what the movie's about. That is it's, the movie is about obsession with money, and the movie is a product of obsession with money. Mm. Exactly. It's a very meta same thing with um, Jurassic World. Was all about consumerism. And we're going to fill the movie with as many product placements as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, if the movie's about consumerism, then it's perfectly fine. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we're being meta. Yeah. 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 This meta-narrative... And we're also just making money off of it, too. It, we, we, two birds with one stone. This meta-narrative is brought to you by Virgin Mobile. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's some of her notes. Uh, I actually liked the black kid. I found him oddly endearing and the most relatable character, even <laughs> if his performance was a little cartoony. Yeah. Asian girl was too edgy. Go home, Roberta. I agree. <laughs> you know what was with that girl? Um, again, this isn't an original point either. This was from Half the Bag. Um, 
so she 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 gets at Army Man guy played by Buffalo Bill from Sons of the Lambs. Um, uh, she gets at him for uh, assuming that she can't take care of herself as a as a uh, uh, paleo veterinarian who's never worked on a dinosaur in her life. She gets at him like, I can take care of myself. And then her immediate next line to Chris Pratt is, let's go beefcake. Yeah. Like, that, that, that there's no hypocrisy there at all, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing at all. <laughs> it's, only, it's only sexist if we do it to women. Right. Yeah, that's that's just yeah. that's just how it is. For sure. You, you guys, you, you understand. Yeah. yeah. Home of the beefcakes, the audience understand. Yes. Um, uh, I liked that they zoomed. So these are more notes. Um, I like that they zoomed in on the main lady's big ass boots when they first got <laughs> to the island or whatever. If I remember correctly, in the first one, she had fucking high heels the whole time. Nobody can <laughs> run. In, nobody can run in high heels. I don't care who you are. Fucking RuPaul would have issues, <laughs> which was a valid complaint that everyone had yeah. in the first one. I just found that hilariously stupid. And so the fact that they did—that's true—they did do a very close-up shot as she's walking down yeah, uh, off on the plane boots. on the plane. And there's there's even another show when they're walking up the ladder. It's like, yep, yeah, she's wearing boots. Yep. Um, stupid kiss scene was stupid. I didn't. I didn't mind that, but that's a valid opinion. It, well, their whole chemistry was stupid. It was, it yeah. Was... But it's a stupid movie, and I was like, okay, this this can be in there. Yeah. What? Where? Where are our standards? Our standards are are six feet under. We threw our all... brain out the door when we walked in. We buried our standards with yeah. the dinosaur bones, but then they brought them back up. I... <laughs> Whatever. Jeff Goldblum was the only good thing about the whole thing. But I think it shows they were just grasping at straws. Also, what the hell was with the plot? Where did this other old guy come from? I don't remember there ever being any mention of him previously. And the random ass genetic clone girl? Lame. Do not recommend. These, these are all in caps. Um, mention the hilarious Bugs Bunny dinosaur. So remember that moment? Remember that moment? Where Buffalo Bill um, tranks the Indoraptor, yeah, and he thinks it's out cold, but it's it's secretly uh, just pretending, yeah. And the freaking dinosaur <laughs> opens its eye and looks at the audience and smiles like, <laughs> <laughs> like it didn't make that sound, but it might as well have. Twice it does that. And you see his tail. It's you see his tail moving in the back, and I just whisper to you. I said, "Ain't I stinky?" <laughs> oh, that's what that was. <laughs> <laughs> that is a. Is that an intentional Bugs Bunny reference? Well, on my part, it was. But, right. But but I don't know. I thought that was like, that was the funniest part of the movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if if you're gonna put a Jeff Goldblum cameo and not make it funny. Then you might as well throw in a Bugs Bunny reference. I guess. I guess that's the strategy we're going for. <laughs> it's like, um, oh, we wasted a chance for a comedic beat when we had Jeff Goldblum in here. Mm. Let's, uh, let's reference Bug Bunny. <laughs> also, I don't think there is any hope for this franchise at all. It's hmm. been so overdone. People only go to see it because they want that magic of the first film, that nostalgia. 
but they can never get that back, no matter how pretty Chris Pratt is. Well, I mean, you can always uh, watch Jurassic Park. That's true. Yeah. How do you recapture the magic of Jurassic Park? You watch it. You, you watch it. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's still there. It's not a lost movie. Mm, the lost world is. <laughs> and uh, here's the last uh, point. Um, and say that my favorite part was when I went to the bathroom. <laughs> she know where she went to the bathroom at the the, the scene where the girl presses the button. Oh. So I had to explain to her how stupid that was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Oh, what's that app? Run P or something? It's hmm? um, it, it tells you like you sync it up to the movie that you're watching, and then you if you go to the washroom, you say, okay, I'm going to the washroom now, and then it tells you, hey. This is what's going on in the movie right now while you're going to the washroom. I never... Have you not heard about that? I've never heard of this. This sounds amazing. <laughs> like, I... I where has this happened? My it's, whole life, it's where called, is it's, it? a, it's called Run P. <laughs> okay, I'm going to look this up afterwards. This podcast is brought to you by... Run P, yep. <laughs> that, actually, that actually would work as a, as a plug. Um, okay. Um, I mean, we have enough stuff as it is, but do you want to talk about, um... Good, bad movies? Good, bad movies. And, yeah. uh, and my main question... So, today's topic is, uh, good, bad movies. How are they made? And what, what, is, what do you need to make one? Um, I guess, though, the first question is, is Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom a good, bad movie? Um... What do you think? Yeah, I suppose. I think so. I, I was overall taken in by it. Although, I don't know if I can say it's a bad movie because, like, the yeah, the story's really bad, but the filmmaking mm. is so good at parts. You mentioned earlier, you said that this was, it, it looked like we progressed, but then in other ways we hadn't at all. Yeah. There was a review I that summed up really well. Um, uh, this movie is simultaneously better and worse yes. than the last one. Yeah. So, yeah, um, it is. Yeah, and that's where I'm at a divide with it because this is like both a good and a bad movie. Yeah, yeah. So it has the look, in that sense, it's a good for. bad movie, but that's not what we mean. We mean bad movies that are good because they're bad, but like guilt, almost like guilty pleasure. Almost guilty pleasure, right? But guilty pleasure is like a bad movie where it's like I'm in the minority here, but I actually I I kind of enjoy. Yes, yeah, that, yeah. that's the difference. It's, it's like a weird thing for you to like that movie. Exactly. Like Which Lee is, and uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the Ron Howard one. Oh, everybody loves that one. Do they? And you know what? Yeah, well, okay. I love it. I, I, I mean, everyone just secretly loves it. That's true. <laughs> and you know when the, when the new one comes out, which looks like a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> when the new one comes out, everyone is going to look back at that one as nostalgia. <laughs> which true. is what they did for the, for the Ron Howard one. When they, true, when they said, yeah. this movie's a piece of crap remember the cartoon it was so great now this one is this cartoon is a piece of crap remember the Jim Carrey live action <laughs> oh my god oh, it's gonna well, come full circle it's like people did do that they're like oh this cartoon was so great and like yeah it's a fine cartoon there's nothing how dare masterful you, about it how dare you ma- mess with the sacredness that was Ron Howard's <laughs> <laughs> Christmas this, re- hey, this I cartoon said, I like that movie <laughs> yeah. anyways so that is a that is a guilty pleasure, and I, actually, funny enough, my guilty pleasure is Mike Myers, the Cat in the Ooh, Hat. That's a good one. Wait, like that's a good guilty pleasure because I think that's terrible. <laughs> I was about to, you, it, it felt like you were about to say that was a good movie. No, no, and no, I was no, like, no, Ben, not at all. Jeez. Not, not in the least. Oh man, 
I don't have anything to little, do. It's not even a little bit watchable. <laughs> it is for me, but... Fair enough. <laughs> again, guilty pleasure. Different thing yeah. from a good, bad movie. A good, bad movie is uh, something like... Master of Disguise. Ew, no, no. That is... Oh, oh, God. <laughs> I actually watched... No, I watched it. I, I decided because I... Not just you, but it's come up in conversation enough right. where I just I felt like okay, I just I guess I have to watch this just to just to right. figure out why. Um, oh my goodness, what a waste of everything! Oh, <laughs> uh, it's so stupid. It's so stupid, but that's it. That's yeah. it's it's not even like ah uh, okay. Good bad movies, The Room, uh, okay, Birdemic. Anything by Neil Breen. Uh, th- those are movies that that people just look at them and are just in awe of how right. of how terrible they are. But what are the uh, what are the ingredients of these movies? Um, I think you have to genuinely intend to make a good movie. That's... I think you have to see that like. There was someone like Tommy Wiseau who really, really, really cared about this movie enough to make it with whatever he had and just couldn't please the masses or couldn't please anyone. It's a movie that was made for one person. Yes. Nobody else. Um, And that person has a very warped perspective of reality, uh, of filmmaking, of storytelling. um, And... What, what makes that movie come through is that no one questions anything in the creative right. process. Like, everyone in, in... If you read the book, The Zaster Artist, yeah. um, nobody uh, stood in Tommy's way. Like, they right. just were just like, whatever. We're, I'm, they're miserable in this production process. Um, so, just whatever. Do it, Tommy. Um, it's not like this is going to change our careers in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I guess on an emotional level, uh, a way people can can kind of gravitate towards that kind of movie is that isn't it isn't it charming that yeah. this psychopath made this movie? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that he got to make the movie he wanted. I, you know what? Maybe if this movie, maybe if Colin Trevorrow and Derek Connolly, like. Were involved in every aspect of this movie. Yeah. Then we might have gotten that kind of thing. But this is a Hollywood movie. Yeah. It's made by a whole bunch of different people who actually want to make something good. So. Yeah, I feel like that's something that's missing in Hollywood is like giving a director trust. Christopher Nolan is still given trust, and he's able to do great things with that. Um, now it's like everything a director does, they have to run it by producers and run it by the studio. And the studio's like, no, you can't do that. Yes, you can do that. And the studio might be like, yeah, the guy might be like, oh, that's a good idea. Let me check with marketing. Let me check with foreign affairs. And you end up with this bland thing that pleases everyone. And then it's like not even like weird enough to be a good, bad movie. Mm. It's just like, a, like every movie's a crowd pleaser now. Yeah, well, it's a crowd pleaser in that it aims for it aims for average for people with yeah. average intelligence, and uh, it doesn't take any chances because taking chances, um, uh, well, that's it. It's, it's just taking a chance right there. Yeah. So, 
why do that when we know we uh, ways to hedge our bets? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What are we? Pixar, 1995. <laughs> I would say one one of my favorite good bad movies mm-hmm. is one that everyone just thinks is bad, Batman and Robin, because every decision is made to be that kind of crowd pleaser yeah. movie, but it's in such a warped, over the top way. Like everything, yeah. it was made to look like it, 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 the toys were made before the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the casting completely off. It's overly sexualized. Yeah, um, it's everything rotten in movies just in one in one place and is that the one with poison ivy yes yes it is overly sexualized and even like batman and robin are sexualized yeah batman yeah yeah so ben would you recommend jurassic world fallen kingdom i suppose like i'm not going to be seeking opportunities to go around and be like oh you got to go see jurassic world but if people know what they're going in for and they just want to have fun watching dinosaurs eat people, then, yeah, it, it'll it'll service that need. Mm-hmm. You know what else would service that need? Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. That's true. Or Jurassic World if you just want dumb surface-level action. Yeah. Yeah. I think Jurassic World even has a little more of that than this one. Mm-hmm. I'd recommend it on a surface level. Like, one thing I find kind of disappointing is that this felt the most horror-ish of, a, of, of the Jurassic Park movies, especially the, the second half. Um, like, just straight-up horror. Yeah. But it's a shame that it stuck to, like, PG-13 violence. There wasn't enough bloody gore in this movie to justify that, that um, all the gothic horror illusions that they were making. So... All right. All right. Well, Um, do you know who Phil Tippett is? I do. He's the, uh, he did all the um, models for uh, stop motion. When when Jurassic Park was going to be stop motion. Do you know what his uh, credit is in the uh, Jurassic Park end credit? Dinosaur supervisor. Dinosaur supervisor. You had one One job. job. You had one job, Phil. (laughs) This is all Phil's fault. What if Phil pressed the button? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. All right. This is off topic. And we are signing off. We are indeed. Goodbye. 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 Waving to the audience that can't see you waving. (laughs) Bye-bye.